This is the soundtrack series. Yeah, this is the soundtrack series. I'm Dana Rossi. We skipped a week there, but we're back. And on this episode, I talked to comedian Brooke Arnold. Brooke grew up in a fundamentalist organization and because of that was sheltered from music and not just popular music. Because of the organization her family belonged to, she couldn't listen to things you would think she would be able to. She couldn't listen to any Christian rock. She couldn't listen to any gospel. She couldn't listen to Mozart. But it was important enough to her that she still found a way. So we talk about what it's like to grow up without the music that most of us grew up with and take for granted. And in reality, how no matter how hard those around her tried to shelter her from music they considered to be evil, it still found its way to her anyway. So when I was uh, about seven, my parents got saved. And up until that point, like, my life had been pretty, what you would consider, like, a normal American mm-hmm. life. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I went to school. I had friends. You know, we were kind of, like, working class, lower middle class family from Texas, you know. So it's pretty pretty standard experience. And then after um, my parents became Christians, we started going to church they started homeschooling us, you know, and that was kind of, I guess, the first remove, you know, because you're not around other children. So you don't hear about the new cartoons and you don't hear about the new TV shows or the new whatever is popular amongst the kids. And when was this? Just for a frame of reference, like what time period, like what year? Uh, this was in the early uh, 90s. OK. Yeah. And so, um you know, like I had and all of a sudden, you know, my parents were like, you can't watch cartoons. You can't watch that. You know, you can't watch. They kind of winnowed out our movie collection. So like some movies were still OK, but some movies weren't. What was OK? What wasn't OK? For example, like anything with any kind of magic or supernatural stuff. So like, no, the Care Bears were gone. He-Man is gone, you know, that kind of stuff. But like stuff like old movie old disney movies were like old yeller is okay <laughs> okay but old disney movies had a lot of magic in it too fantasia uh, yeah, that snow was, white we weren't allowed Cinderella. to watch any of those so anything with any magic in it was no but like old yeller was okay because it's just about a, killing your dog I was just like, that's about a dead dog <laughs> a-okay a-okay that's pretty much like how it went and there were like you know some like musicals that we were uh, allowed to watch um, getting back to the musical thing so like I watched this um, recorded off television version of Sound of Music probably hundreds of times oh my god and it was cut for edited for TV yeah. so it wasn't even like the full movie so like sometimes like the last time I actually watched it on DVD I saw the whole movie and I was like what are all these new things in here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah and so there was kind of like this cleansing. It was interesting because there was this, like, this cleansing. I remember like going through all of our stuff and my mom's like, this is bad. We're getting rid of this. And well, this is bad. We're getting rid of this. And it was so kind of alarming to me because I was really, I was like just at this really odd age. I was old enough to be very aware of what was going on and old enough that I can remember it now. 
but still young enough that I was very confused, you know. And so you don't just think, oh, my parents changed your mind. You're, you think, my parents uncovered some secret, secret truth and I've been evil my whole life, yeah. you know. And so all of my toys are evil. And so you get very, it kind of, it kind of embeds this deep, deep, deep fear inside of you of pretty much everything because you don't know. You have to wait for someone else to tell you, is this evil or is this not evil? And so you're kind of just your automatic default setting is to be afraid. And so there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of uh, coherence to it. So do But uh, when I was a bit older, a few years after that, we started going to a really, really strict church. And the, everybody in the church was very uh, hardcore. Most of them were members of the same organization that the Duggar family is right. uh, members of. And I just bring that up just to give people a reference. like Because yeah. you don't really get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this church was like no music. Like they had one lady who would play piano and you could sing hymns, but that was it. And so like that, they were very against any kind of music that wasn't either like a hymn or a classical composition that was written by someone that they believe was a Christian. So like Mozart, no, but Bach, (laughs) they believed was a Christian. So you could listen to Bach. And what were they basing this on? I have no idea. (laughs) But there was this belief that like, you know, like a 4-4, a 4-4 beat, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So if the beat is on the 2 and the Mm 4 in the measure, that's evil. That's inherently an evil beat. (laughs) I swear to God. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so it's called like a rock beat. And so it's the idea is that that actually makes you, it actually makes you physically weaker when you listen to it. Like it actually affects your body in this negative way. It makes you physically weaker. And it also kind of like that weakness kind of like opens you up to like vulnerability to like demon possession and like some kind of like evil influences. And so that like if you just hear that music, then you're automatically like in danger like of being possessed or you're automatically in danger of being you're more likely to sin, you know, like it actually like physically, materially, literally removes your resolve at that point like i had this big collection of amy grant albums you know because i could li- i up until that point i had been able to listen to christian music right so I so had, from zero to age seven you could listen to christian music yeah yeah well no from zero to seven i could just do whatever because we weren't christians at all okay <laughs> so what was your, what was in your collection at that time it was a seven just like you know uh like Fisher Price <laughs> records. Oh yeah, know? really? Like you didn't have any kind of like cuz I mean I the first album I got was Thriller, Michael Jackson yeah. when I was 5. And then oh. I did and I loved Madonna and Cyndi Lauper and I mean cuz yeah, this is the 80s for me. So I did have like popular music in my collection. Yeah. Even though I was a kid. Right. So you didn't have any I don't remember having no. I don't okay. remember having any like albums as a chi- like a, as a small child other than like children's i bought i got after we became christians i had all these amy grant right i mean amy grant was like amy grant but this was before she went pop 
So she was still okay. Okay. So this was even before like that baby baby song? Yeah, okay. this was before that when she was doing just Christian music. Okay. And so we, ha- I had a bunch of those, but then um, at one point my parent my mom decided like those are bad too and so then i had to get rid of all of (laughs) all of the amy grant albums that i remember just having like albums of dulcimer music (laughs) like that was really popular like you lived in the 1400s right exactly like everybody loved dulcimer music and the the soundtrack to ken burns's civil war like you know like (laughs) these were like these were like the things that like we were jamming out to you know and then um at one point, there's this uh, there's this Christian um, like a, she's a homeschool like per- she's really popular in like Christian homeschool circles, and she writes these songs about uh, that are based on the Bible, and we had we got an album of that, and it was called "Go to the Ant," which is based on this verse in Proverbs. <laughs> I remember like the song was like "Go to the Ant, you sluggard, and see how," and it's basically just like telling you you're a bad person the whole like the whole album is just, just oh like my God. this woman like lecturing you and re- with really cheer- like really lecturing lyrics with like really cheerful uh tones oh my god yeah. could you listen at all to gospel like mahalia jackson mm. or any of that no way no that was definitely not um why they, no way i mean there's definitely like the race component to huh. that um that my church would have not been okay with um wow it's a very white place in texas so, um the southern baptist church in texas is very is a very white place in fact we had like a thing where this black church came one time came and like did a shared service with us and yeah. like everyone was so scandalized by their choir because <laughs> they were like clapping and having fun and having fun and like joy actually like experiencing enjoying like, being there yeah ex- actually experiencing like l- life and the divine and like connection and <laughs> happiness and everyone was just like sitting in there sitting in the pews with these looks of horror and like the music director of our church was just like you know like he knew like i'm dead i'm dead as soon as they as soon as these people and you can kind of you could see in their body movements them like holding it in for us like trying to like keep it like reined in even the reined in version everybody was just like oh they be swaying is that because any kind of expressing any kind of joy or emotion was that i mean was that sexual too is that what it was it was it was considered definitely sexual you know because we had a there was a guy you know at our church who would had a really beautiful voice and for several years he would get up and like sing like a special music we had a thing every church you have the hymns but then you have a special music and he would get up and sing and he would use like a backtrack and then people like got really upset because at one point he had this like backing track that had a rock beat oh boy but then he also was wearing really tight pants <laughs> so like the tom jones yeah of- he was basically like the fundamentalist tom jones and so then they banned him from like ever performing in front of the church again and he and his family ended up like leaving over this because they were so offended. <laughs> wow. But yeah, any kind of expression of like freedom or joy or like looseness or it w- was considered to be, if not evil, at least suspect, you know. So it was very dour, very straight laced, very buttoned up.
it's almost like when you couldn't listen to Amy Grant or you know whoever anymore that you know somebody would have had the idea of releasing a dulcimer album of Amy Grant tunes you know like the uh <laughs> the baby uh rock rock lullaby or whatever baby <laughs> yeah, something like that where it's like led zeppelin songs but that sound really soothing and like lullabies if like you could have gotten under the radar with it's just you know all amy grant yeah but then you would have had like what i don't know like a whole demographic of like ten thousand people who were like we need those we need those dulcimer tunes yes we need those dulcimer tunes but it's interesting to me i've always loved music i've always been fascinated with music yeah and i've always I always say that all th- had all things been equal, meaning had I had a normal life and opportunities and been allowed to express myself and artistically and creatively develop, I would have been, I would love to be like a singer songwriter. I feel like that yeah. was like, that would have been like my first calling is to be, I would be that like obnoxious chick in the coffee house who's like singing about her feelings, you know? Nice. <laughs> like that's kind of like, I feel, I feel such a, like a deep, yearning for that yeah um so it's it's it was always really interesting to me uh you know feeling so um kept away from it you know but there were like these little glimp you know you have these little glimpses you unless you like lock a person in a closet you know you can't escape music in the modern world that's what i was gonna say was what ways did it sneak in well there's this like really embarrassing memory i have i'm gonna make myself seem like a really bad person so i hope that nobody who's listening thinks i'm terrible but i remember like we went on this trip to visit my aunt with my grandparents so my grandparents my grandparents were driving and it's me my brother in the back of their pickup truck and we're driving across Texas to go visit my aunt. And my grandfather turns on the country music station. And Uh I'm just sitting in the back of the truck and I just remember my heart's racing and I just start getting really upset. And I just, I'm very scared because I'm listening to this music that I've been told is evil. And there's this like kind of conflict, you know, there's the intense sense of enjoyment, you know, that getting yeah. to hear a song, like, you know, getting to hear Garth, it was like the Garth Brooks era of country oh music, boy. you know? So it's like, you know, you feel this like intense pleasure, but at the same time, that pleasure itself scares you because you aren't supposed to be experiencing Because you're not supposed to be enjoying right? something. Right, you're not supposed to be experiencing that. So like, I got really scared and I remembered like, this Ronnie Millsap song came on, um, <laughs> in the chorus is, uh, I'm having daydreams about night things in the middle of the afternoon. And I didn't know much about sex, but I knew that was dirty. <laughs> I oh, knew that yeah. was a dirty line. And I got so upset and I just kind of like screamed in the back of the truck at my grandfather. And I'm like, can you turn that off? I'm not allowed to listen to that. You know, I was just oh. having a total meltdown. And my grandmother turned around, looked at me and was like, why? We're, we're listening to it and just kind of, you know, like shrugged me off, which I think is was the right thing to do at that yeah. time. But I that moment just sticks out of my mind so much because it was like I was really legitimately terrified of the fact that I was in this car listening to this music. I'm having daydreams about night things in the middle of the I didn't consciously sneak things for a long time because I I really was genuinely afraid, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it was around, you know, puberty time, (laughs) puberty 
around 13, 14 that I started to kind of actively, you know, I still felt really guilty about it, but I still like kind of sought out. I started to seek out like ways to listen to things that I wasn't allowed to listen to. Um, I remember going on this like two week vacation with my grandparents. And again, they were playing the country music in the car. And this was the like, uh, achy breaky heart. Oh God. I remember it was like the big song because it was like over and over. And then Reba McIntyre, the mm-hmm. lights went out in Georgia. Then that's the night the lights went out in Georgia. That yeah. was really popular. And so it was like all those songs were like, we heard them over and over. And I almost just like maybe got addicted to it. Like, cause after two weeks of like listening to it, it just like, it was so powerful and so good. It felt so good that I just yeah. kind of, after that, I kind of started seeking it out trying to figure out ways like how can I listen to music what did you come up with I um I had a little Walkman like a, a little a old old school Walkman like cassette player cassettes Cassette, okay yeah cassette player Walkman and so I started shoplifting yeah <laughs> yes that's Christian yes, yes. I started <laughs> shoplifting cassette tapes from a used bookstore and occasionally I would pay them, but I didn't have any money. Like my, I never had an allowance or anything. So I never had any money. So I would just like shoplift these, these cassette tapes. Do you remember what you, oh, you yeah. lifted? Oh, of course. <laughs> um, I remember that the first one I lifted was the My Fair Lady soundtrack. Excellent. Cause that was something I had like watched. The, the only thing that I think I listened to a lot other than like dulcimer music <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, and the occasional Christian music at times was uh musicals and so like those kind of old school rogers and hammerstein musicals yeah. so like my fair lady the sound of music um things like that a south pacific i would i i could listen to those and i did and so the first thing i took was the my fair lady soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> and the next one i took was like a a grammy like you know one of those grammy compilation albums oh wow and it was the one with uh, one. I remember one sweet day with Mariah Carey. Okay. And Boys to Men was on it. And then the then I the one that really changed me was I shoplifted Little Earthquakes by <gasps> Tori Amos. Oh my god! And I just saw the cover and I thought she's so pretty and I just needed it. I don't know why it just, but I was just like, this is the that one. is. That that was meant to happen. That was meant to happen. Little, I remember so vividly, like sticking little earthquakes into. I had no idea what it would be. I stuck it into the cassette player, pressed pressed play. It was the middle of the night after everybody had gone to sleep, so I wouldn't get caught. So I put like the I put the headphones on and the covers up over. Was it at the very beginning of what? Because uh, of the of the album, because then yes. the first thing you yes. heard was it's crucify. crucify. Yes, and so I. I put the cover, like, I was supposed to be asleep. And so what I would do is after my parents made me go to bed, I would sneak the cassette player in and listen to music after oh they were God. asleep. And I hit play, and she's like, every finger in the room is pointing at me. And I think my breath caught at the back of my throat, and I started to get chills. And I laid there. I couldn't even make it through the first song because I was crying. Because I felt like it was the first time that I really hadn't felt alone ever. It was the first time that I thought, you know, I'd had these doubts and I had these like emotional, you know, I had all these doubts and I had all these like emotional issues around the what was going on around me and the way I was being raised and the things that were going to be expected of me as an adult. 
but I didn't have the courage to express those. And I, you know, we were taught that if you doubted or if you wanted something else, that that was sinful. And so I had this deeply, deeply seated belief that I was a degenerate person, that I was not one of the elect, one of God's elect, you know, because our church also believed in predestination. So Mm. if you are going to be saved, you've already been selected. And so I had this deep terror that I wasn't one of the elect because I wanted more than this, the church was offering me. When I heard Tori sing for the first time, I realized someone out there (laughs) feels the same way I do. Oh, yeah. And I'm not alone. And I'm still a freak, (laughs) but maybe I'm a little bit less of a freak than I was. Yeah. And that, like, that moment, the first time I listened to that album just completely changed my life. From the shadow she calls And in the shadow she When did you leave? I was around 17 or 18. The funny thing, I I just always have to mention this, is that since I was homeschooled, I have like no time markers for when I grew up. So I get very confused about, (laughs) yeah, I get very, when people say like, what age were you? I'm kind of like, I have nothing to like mark that by. So I'm always just kind of like, I think I was around this age, you know, because it's all just like this big, yeah. But it was the same thing, you know, for 10 years. So it was like kind of like, uh, you know, you don't have any moment like, oh, yeah, that was when I was in fourth grade. Because I do. I definitely But do, everyone yeah. does. Like every conversation. I've never had a conversation with another human being where they're not like in blank grade and blank grade and blank grade. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But wow. <laughs> <okay>, cool. <laughs> and I always have to like add it on my fingers. I'm like, OK. <laughs> because you were homeschooled. Right, and so right, there right. isn't that kind of like. There's no content. Yeah. You, there's no continuity in your life. So I won't there people will be like, I was in fourth grade and I'm like four plus six is 10. You were 10. Okay. Got it. And so I have to like always pause and like try to figure out. And then I try to like figure out what's some kind of touchstone that I had in my life, you know? And yeah. so it was more like big events. Like my grandfather's death is like a big kind of, uh, marker for me. Cause I okay. didn't have those kind of like continual cyclic markers of school. Yeah. <laughs> of, education (laughs) so you were 17 and you went i don't want to do this anymore yeah and just you know left moved out you know and i told my parents and they were very upset with me but you know what can you do and i like i tried to do like the christian thing for a while but just like a less christiany version (laughs) like less like like Christianity, like the kinds of Christians that you people that or that you people that was terrible. <laughs> that that you people, you people, that most people rather would think are super Christians, but my church would be like they're heathens, <laughs> you know. Wow. And so, like, and so I started going to like a like a kind of like a, a non denominational, but still very pretty pretty serious uh, church, and I did that for a couple of months. But then I was just like, I'm just not, it's just not, I'm not going to pretend anymore. That's just not for me. What was it like then to get out of that? And now, I mean, because, yeah, you did, you'd compared it to like everybody's frame of reference is Kimmy Schmidt. Right, right. And that she doesn't know what happened in the last 15 (laughs) years. And she's still saying things that were popular in the 90s. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I have such a, like Kurt Cobain, I know who he is, but it's like, and I and I ha- I've listened to Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know. Yeah. I I have 
I, I mean, I have never mind, and I've tried to like catch. I try to catch up, but like it's really different when you're trying to kind of like retroactively like pull something into your consciousness yeah. rather than having kind of like experienced it as it was happening. So it's like for me, for like Nirvana or um, Lilith Fair ladies, you know, yeah, that that you know, like Jewel, Alanis Morissette, like that's kind of like me, like reaching back, you reaching back to like the 40s and being like and oh, trying listen to listen to Peggy Lee. <laughs> or yeah. And trying to get into it in the way that you feel your peers have. But you right, won't right. because you didn't experience it. You didn't go through it. And even though I mean, what's interesting is when you said Nirvana, the way I experienced Nirvana, because it's I was 13 when that yeah. when they became very popular and everybody was listening to it. So I experienced it that way. But I have a cousin who's now 20, 21 years old and he's super into Nirvana. So it's like he was able to reach back and do that where it still means something to him. Right. But without any frame. But he still grew up with music anyway. Right, so it's right, like you're right. still yeah. in that place where you know how to do that. Right. But when you don't have a frame of reference at all, except for the music that you're sneaking in your Walkman under your covers, because yeah. you're just picking it out here and there. Like, I don't know, I guess... This Rodgers and Hammerstein soundtrack in yeah, Tori Amos. <laughs> yeah, Tori Amos. <laughs> Come on now. We didn't like watch the news or anything like so like the majority of like my news came from either this like super Christian news magazine. It's like the Christian Time magazine, you know, it's called World, I think. And oh, so I would get some info, but it's all very skewed. And the other like source of like news information was that my mom would listen to six hours, six hours of Rush Limbaugh every day oh my god that you were not getting news <laughs> so it was you like were getting something but it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. news so our local our town was very conservative politically and so our local radio station news station played rush limbaugh's show when it like aired live from 11 to 3 or 11 to 2 every day it's a three-hour show and then it would air it again from 2 to 5 so we would listen my mom would have it on in the house from 11 to 5 like every day oh my god and occasionally he'd have songs on there like he had this really he had this song where he had like remixed Gloria Steinem's voice where she's like, I'm here, I'm a feminist and I'm in your face. And it would just like play that on loop. Oh my God. Or he would like change like songs, that, like old classic rock songs to like be about like Bill Clinton, you know, and so it was like the Wanderer. Um, and it was like sung by this like Bill Clinton impersonator. <laughs> so like I would hear like those kind of little things and I'd be like, oh, it's a good jam. <laughs> If we take him out of it, right. this song is good. Yes, yes, The Wanderer is a good song. It's a good song. How did you decide? Because you were saying like you're going to just pick and choose uh, what to, to retroactively go back and, mm. and try to listen to. If you're doing that when you are, what, 17, 18 mm -hmm, years old? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, how did you decide or how did you go about doing that? And how did you go about picking I I got like a I remember getting like a Rolling Stone like hundred greatest that like right. album thing and like trying to kind of you know like I I would buy like best of you know so like I bought best of Bowie and like listened to that and like loved it yeah but I didn't have like the kind of musical um, nuance or like the musical kind of uh, education to really understand like 
his complete overall. So like if somebody else was somebody had played one of his more experimental albums for me, I'd just be like, what? What's going on? What is this? It was like kind of like learning to read in a way. You have to like learn. You have to work your way in. So you start at Celine Dion and then you have to kind of and like, eventually you, know, like, you eventually, wind up at David Bowie. Right, eventually you get a little bit more. Your taste gets more sophisticated the more you're exposed to it. But at first your taste is just so undeveloped. But it's interesting that you started with like what you thought was just like pop that was a logical graduation from what I've been listening to. Which is dulcimer to. music. <laughs> so dulcimer music and then that goes up to Yeah, and my mom Debbie had Gibson. like a couple of cassettes that she still listened to on the slide. Like, <gasps> Ooh, like what, like what, like what? Okay, there it was it was high quality stuff. Are you ready for it? I am. Michael Bolton. I was not ready. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Joel. Well, that's every mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think I remember she had the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Oh, that's scandalous. That was that scandalous. is downright scandalous. That's scandalous, yeah. Because she like would like jog, and so like these were her like her like secret jogging stash. You, you can't get away from it. No. Nobody wants to like live you in a world you don't without want music. So you still just listen to whatever now, Adele, and think very briefly, well, that's not right. I, I had a mo- really, re- really weird moment because it was after my my boyfriend is a huge uh, Bowie fan. Mm. And he's, of course, very sad by David Bowie's passing. And yeah. he, he was like, you need to watch these music videos that he put on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so we watched Black Star. And I started crying like two minutes into it. I, I don't really even have that strong of an emotional connection to Bowie, but um, there was just something about the video that really upset me. It, it was it was very upsetting to me. It was a very, felt very satanic and felt very wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just visibly, I started crying and I got very upset. And I, I looked at my boyfriend and I was like, well, I understand what he's trying to do here. Like the black star is the eye. And it's like the way that we connect to all other people. And like I got it intellectually, but emotionally there was something about all the imagery, the tails, the blacked out eyes, all of that was upsetting to me. And my boyfriend like, looks at me, poor, poor guy. I, I adore him for putting up with my weird like hang ups. You can't ever, I don't know. You get, I, I think you can get closer and closer, but I at least haven't ever gotten completely rid of that little bit of myself that's like, this is bad. <laughs> oh, wow. This is wrong. <laughs> I would not have thought, I guess I would have thought it was just like, nope, you decided you didn't want to be in this organization anymore and then it's gone. I don't know why I would have thought that though, because that yeah. really doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you can't, and it, it sneaks up on you. You think you're okay. You think you've gotten rid of all of it. But then somebody will say just the wrong thing. And it's it's suddenly upsetting to you it's again. Yeah. Look up here. I'm in heaven. I've got scars that can't be seen. What music do you listen to now? What music do you I listen to a lot of like, I guess like indie rock indie pop kind of stuff do you think your music taste would be different had you grown up around popular music all the time do you oh, think it, absolutely yeah do you think it would be more geared towards classic rock or hard rock or or hip-hop i mean we haven't even touched on that at all like as yeah. far as old school hip-hop i knew nothing about oh like my god zero like you name some big hip-hop thing and i'll be like huh 
and yeah, I was 12 to 21 in the yeah. 90s. Like that was, and so I was 12, 13, 14 around a time that hip hop was really getting big and big and exploding. Right, right, right. And I, I got, I felt, I, I went through it right there like as a kid uh and so i yeah i love it um i'm not an expert yeah. by any means but i'm just glad that it was part of my upbringing and part of my you know your like cultural landscape. sphere yeah. yeah and there's like a lot of like classic rock that I just like i know i like know the names but i could not tell you like one song by ZZ Top. I could tell like tell you what their sound is like. I could not tell you anything about ACDC, Steely Dan, like all, you know, like just like all those like big classic rock. Yeah. Song like I'm just it's it's just like I I recognize the name, but that's that's it. I know that's a classic rock band. That's like Metallica. I'm like that's classic rock band. <laughs> I don't know. Are they even a classic rock band? They're a newer band. Well, now, <laughs> I think I mean, I think they consider I mean, I heard you know, on classic rock stations, I'll hear now Nirvana yeah. and Metallica yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff that like you would be like, oh, this is classic rock now. So that stuff and that stuff like and the, the kind of harder, harder rock stuff. I've never really I've never ac- been able to like acclimate my taste to mm-hmm. as much. Um, so I think you have a special opportunity to be introduced to things that everybody else kn- has known about for a long time. Yeah. And maybe they love it, you know, but won't get to hear it for the first time again yeah. you'll never get to hear someone for the first time well i mean other than like new music is coming out all the time and you do but i'll never hear the beatles for the first time again i'll never right. hear led zeppelin for the first time again yeah i'll never hear a tribe called quest for the first time again but that you will get to do that yeah. I th- i'm actually envious of that This is the part one song uh, where you just tell a story or a memory that you always connect to a particular song. So what song? It's Wanna Be. By the Spice Girls? Yeah. Excellent. Yes. So uh, I, when I was a teenager, I um, became friends with this uh, girl at my church and she's a little bit out there. She's breaking the rules. (laughs) (laughs) And she play i went over to her house one day and she played wanna be for me and that was the first time i'd ever heard like a really kind of like Boom, if you, wanna be my lover. Mm. you know and she was like getting into it she was jamming and i was like what like she is bad I, but i but i was so intrigued by it and so fascinated by it and she was even like she was like this is a song about being best friends and we're best friends and i remember thinking like I have a friend. Someone wants to be my best friend. And they're playing this song for me, you know? And so it was like this, I have this just such a clear memory. Every time I hear that song, it just fills me with that kind of like, that moment of like being jolted awake in a in a, in a different way. Because like the experience of like listening to Little Earthquakes was sad. It was, it was, a, it was a beautiful experience, but it was, it was more, there was a lot of sadness there. But this was just like, this can just be fun. It was the first time I remember just kind of like really opening up and like, kind of like dancing a little bit with her in her bedroom. <gasps> and she was, uh, you know, and she was like hardcore. She was like, I listen to like the radio all the time. I'm just like listening to the radio when my parents aren't looking. And I was like, she's so bad. But but I was in love, you know, like with the that freedom, the fact that she kind of was like 
really, really just openly joyous about the fact that she was experiencing all of these these different kind of music things and she was experiencing all of this like stuff she wasn't supposed to because she I was so timid in my exploration and she was just like no as soon as my mom's out of the room as soon as my mom like you know is out of the house I'm like I'm Blair and the Spice Girls you know and so I think that that was a really cool memory for me because it was connected to the first time like I really got to enjoy something along with someone else and like that became kind of this connecting moment and there was something about her joy and her enjoyment of it and pleasure in that song that was so infectious and it kind of made it a little bit okay for me to feel that also. That's awesome. So Brooke Arnold, comedian, and you're working on a memoir, yes, uh, yes, Growing yes. Up Fundy. Yeah, and there's a there's a solo show that's called The Same Thing, uh-huh. Growing Up Fundy, and it's going to be in the Fringe Festival in New York this summer, so you should go. Oh, my God, fantastic. Congratulations. Yes, so look for Growing Up Fundy yes. in the Fringe Festival this coming year. Yeah. Brooke Arnold, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah. This has been the Soundtrack Series. Thanks for listening. <laughs>